from the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios up in Oregon at uh, Summer Ski Camps at Timberline. Uh, I'm George Thomas, and you're listening to First Chair, and today we're joined by Michael Rogan, Dave Lyons, and Melody Buell. Uh, thank you very much to the three of you for taking the time to chat with us. No problem. So, thank you, George. Dave Lyons Thanks. Race Camps. Tell us about uh, what you do in the summer up there, Dave. Um, we, we, I've, I've run camp for a really long time with kids, um, teaching them how to race and that sort of thing. But my process of doing that is we work a few days on their, their skiing ability and then, uh, take it into a race course. Um, because the first word in ski race is ski. So you gotta be able to ski. Um, and we work on that going through and over the years it's developed into, um, we bring adults in at the same time or, or instructors in and or coaches in and that sort of thing. So we've created an element of the camp that is, is for, uh, instructors and coaches and, um, adults, um, to work on their skiing. And if they want to stay around to stay and actually try the process of running gates and figure that out, um, which is basically somebody else telling you where to make your turn. So, we go through the, those two processes um, of working on our skiing and then trying to be in control enough that we can do it where somebody else is telling us where to turn. Now, Melody, this is your third participation in Dave Lyons Race Camps. Uh, what makes you keep wanting to go back? I, I really believe in investing in my own development. I think time to be able to um, take usually just about attention to thinking about, hey, how can I move this into, a you know, to enhance my ability as an instructor or clinician and, you know, having that, um, that split attention and really just let it fold into myself and to be really thinking about my own development and uh, skill building for me and then using that uh, reflection, and, you know, at the end, you know, reflecting back on my own experience and using chat as a growth opportunity. So it's invaluable. Now, Michael, one of the coolest things I ever heard someone say about you was when uh, you and myself and Steven Nyman were having a, an interview, and he said, coming back from an injury, you were the one person he really chose to work with as his coach because he respected you so much. What's it like for you to work with someone at someone like Steven's level, as well as all levels. I was wondering how you were going to get through that, George. <laughs> Look, you know what? Uh, it's all, it, well, first of all, uh, you, I got to give a little bit more props to, to Dave uh, and, and what he does here. Um, uh, Dave is, has been running these camps um, for his ski school and his race team out of the Pacific Northwest for a, a long time where that his parents owned the ski school and, and now he's taking it over and and, uh, and doing it in Mount Hood uh, and Dave is, is kind of a well-known celebrity around the Mount Hood area and the, the Palmer snowfields for, for how long he's been around and doing this um, and it's, uh, it's a well-run camp and it's a well-done camp and he brings in lots of good uh, I hope coaches, I think, since you, I, I'm a part of that this year, 
uh, and and it's and it's a, just a, a lot of fun to get like-minded people together, um, wanting to get better at skiing, and in that process, as Melody says, invest in yourself and get a little bit of time doing things that we don't always get to do, which is which is run gates uh, up on the Palmer Snowfield in Mount Hood in uh, the end of July. So with that shameless plug. Um, you know, it, it doesn't matter for me if it's a world-class athlete getting back from an injury or uh, it is, uh, it's, it's one of our uh, members um, trying, to get, uh, trying to get better and improve. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's all the same stuff and it's a lot of fun. Uh, you know, James Parks from uh, Allen uh, from Central Division is, is out here. And, uh, you know, for him, it's about, it's about continuing to get better and trying to trying to do something that you haven't done all the time and feeling a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit new at uh in the situation and doing your best to uh to get through it with a little bit of guidance from myself or uh dave um ryan christopherson is up here uh so with robin barnes and uh and dave's son macaulay is is coming into the into the family business as well um, and that, as well as uh, Tammy Lyons, I mean, it's just a great group of folks to be up here with and, and, and have a great time skiing and in Mount uh, Hood in, in such a strange end to the season. And Dave, how are you able to bring such a, an amazing conglomeration of coaches together? Uh, I'm lucky. Um, you know, uh, I have some good friends that are part of the, the Alpine team. Um, I always try to bring some of them in and then some coaches that I respect um, come in as well um, that understand it's about developing um, your ability to manipulate the ski um, and do it um, in in a process that does you don't always aren't always in the perfect place to make it happen but still being able to try to make it happen and, and being able to bring in coaches um, like we always have somebody from the national team, uh, the Alpine team, here coaching with us. And, you know, even for the kids, it's great to have, um, or, you know, you're asking Michael about high-level athletes and that sort of thing. And it, it's, it's really the same thing. And it's just about being able to connect with the student. And, and that sort of thing is what's the number one important thing is, is can you connect with them and be able to transfer the information across so that they can understand it. And that's, that's the, the driving force of the coaches. And like I said, I've been lucky and, and normally when I ask, most of them are going, yes, they can come or I can come next year. The summer's already booked, but you know, it's, I, I'm just lucky in being able to get good coaches to the, to the camp. Uh, Melody, I know Dave is being very humble here, but uh, is what he's doing showing you that we've got some hope for a season this coming winter? Yeah, it's, you know, regardless of what the future looks like, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to invest in, in the present. And so being having access to uh, national teams is, is wonderful and also the consistency that I'm experiencing out on the hill and what's being taught and advocated for within each of the divisions. Um, and thinking ahead in the future, 
you know, this this winter will be what it is, and we will absolutely make the best of it. One thing uh, I'll miss too, and you know, within my own school, but then also within the division and the people that I get a chance to interact with on a national level is that what and does an incredible job of lifting up each whether this coming winter uh, fulfills our expectations or not, I think it'll be something that we have the opportunity to do as a greater team of other snow sports instructors. And Mike, Michael, I wanted to touch a little bit on South America. What happened there? Is there any uh, snow sliding that's going to be happening uh, in an organized way? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Now, look, uh, you know, uh, South America and specifically Chile, uh, in the country that I have uh, half of my life with, and the ski resort of Portillo, uh, we have a great amount of snow this year, which is uh, kind of ironic. We have uh, we have upwards of getting close to five meters of snow, uh, which is about 15 feet, a little bit more. So uh, year to date has fallen on the ground. So so we're in good shape from a snow point of view. Uh, unfortunately, um, there are a couple of challenges that we all know within the, within our current world health situation, uh, and also Chile is uh, Chile is battling with some some civil unrest, um, some protests that uh, that started before uh, our COVID nineteen uh, challenge. Um, but uh, Chile's working through some some things, and uh, but more impor- most importantly, I, I guess that this uh, pandemic has. Chile closed, the borders closed, uh, and they're just trying to figure it out. They're, uh, they're behind, as far as a timing goes, initially, um, the United States, uh, as far as, uh, as when the virus really started to take off there, um, but, uh, but are now in a situation where uh, the big cities are in quarantine, and the quarantine in Chile is a little different than quarantine here. Which is uh, which is kind of interesting. Uh, quarantine in Chile means that you can go uh, to the supermarket uh, or someplace uh, once a week. You got about an hour to do it, and you have to get onto the national police website, plan out your route. They assign you uh, a route if you don't know it, and you have to carry your phone with you. And if you're asked to uh, present your documents, if you're outside of the time limit or the the directions that you're supposed to go, uh, you get uh, you get questioned pretty hard, and there's could be a fine, and there could be jail time. I mean, it's they take it a little bit. I think, unfortunately, a little bit more serious than than as a whole our country has. Um, although up here in in uh, hood, I can tell you the ski areas are really working hard to keep everybody uh, safe because they want to continue to stay open so that we can continue to scratch our itch of skiing and, and teaching skiing. So they're working really hard, but back to Chile, Chile is, is, uh, is behind a little bit. They're still closed. Uh, the restrictions are still, uh, pretty strong and pretty high. The borders are not officially closed, but it's, it's hard to get in there. There's a two week quarantine, uh, and, uh, and resorts and hotels. And in my case, Portillo, uh, although we have a tremendous amount of snow on the ground right now, we are unable to operate and open at this time. We're hopeful that something happened in uh, August, but uh, as always, uh, that fate is in our own hands, and uh, and we choose what to do with it. Thank you, Mike. Uh, Dave, what was it like yep. for you as 
your camp was coming together, were there concerns on your part that it might not happen? How did you put a, a protocol together for your camp uh, to make the needed changes? And I love your flexibility that you were able to get this to go. Well, kind of um, my philosophy is we can look at all the negative stuff or we can try to make something positive out of what's going on. And, and um, Hood, uh, Mount Hood was has been very proactive in trying to get back open and working with the state of Oregon and doing that. Um, but they pretty much weekly give us information on where the state is at and where the state um, is requiring stuff. So, you know, like for um, this camp, what we figured out is we had to morph a little bit from what we normally do. And, and normally we do, you know, it's a, a full-on camp for the kids. Um, you know, we feed them, we take care of them and all that stuff. And we had to morph it a little bit into it's officially a day camp where they're, they're down here with their parents um, and the parents are feeding them and taking care of them um, and just getting them to the mountain and then we're dealing with them on the mountain and that's our only interaction with them. And as we went through the process, we figured out that that's, it's gonna work and, it's, and we'll give people the opportunity if they want to come and do that. Um, the cool thing was is that's kind of how we've always run the adult side of it because adults want to go play golf in the afternoon or go mountain bike riding or, or do other activities while they're down here because they kind of take it as a vacation day off of their normal work. Um, so it wasn't too much of a difference for that. The big difference has been what the protocols have been up on the hill where we have to take, wear face coverings. Um, and, you know, two weeks ago it was face coverings only in line and now you know, the state wants face coverings all the time, even though we're outside um, and, and doing things like that. And we just try to follow what the rules are, what they expect to have happen, and just try to do that as best as we can for everybody involved. And just try to be flexible and, and um, like Michael says, you know, is, is be able to scratch that itch of, you know, we all unexpectedly stopped having to, being able to ski the spring and we never went through the the end of season ritual kind of thing um, to, to put skiing to bed for the year. We just had to stop. And so the, the, the itch to ski has been actually fairly strong for most of us. And, you know, as long as we got the opportunity to do it, let's, let's do it and, and do the best we can with it. And, and like I said, you know, it should, you know, there is hope for this winter, but we don't know what's going to happen as the winter evolves and, and the pandemic evolves but let's make the best of what we can do right now in that process and melody what has that been like to have to make a few changes up there uh, has it affected your enjoyment of sliding on snow at all it, you know, it's been fantastic and i think that speaks to the people who choose to go up and, and the leadership and whatnot i mean they some subtle, subtle changes up on the hill. You know, we are, we're asked to maintain distance line and their coverings and whatnot. But it, all of it is, um, it, it, I think once you kind of just get accustomed to what the expectations are, which happens pretty easily, it's pretty easy to those uh, expectations. And outside of that, you know, I'd say that camaraderie is still fantastic. And I do think there's almost, uh, it would be 
I hope you can see, and I think Mike did as well. Like, I think that that energy is um, maybe made for what could have been perceived as maybe a sadness or a disappointment in reflection of the spring and having a shorter season. And Michael, what's it been like for you to be able to step in and coach when your summer is very different than normal? <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, you know, it's 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 wonderful. I, as as I said, Dave said, you know, getting to today, uh, there was a there was a moment as I was skiing down the run where I was just really uh, really quite thankful to be able to just, as Dave said, you know, to, to scratch that itch to 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 realize that we told to go home and close the doors in the beginning middle of March and, and that's been it and uh, and all of the podcasts that you do George have been have been great um, and the webinars that have been done through the divisions is wonderful um, but there certainly is still something awfully special about uh, about having cold wet feet and uh, and complaining about soft snow and, or hard snow or ice bumps or but boy it's awfully nice to be able to to get into that stuff you you don't realize how much you miss it until uh, until you can't do it or you're told you can't you got to stop it for now and just being able to go out and then being able to teach and and work with a group of folks that uh, that i had today um you know it just uh, it just just really reminds you how uh you know how special the job is and uh and how great the community is and how uh, how wonderful the the opportunity to be on the ma- in the mountains and started out our day in the in the rain down in welches and by the time we got to the top of the palmer snowfield um we were above the clouds and we were above the clouds all day long and and so that's uh that was pretty neat well dave in conclusion how does it make you feel to be able to provide something that really gives so much joy and and great times to so many people i guess in the simple answer it makes me feel good um that's uh you know that's a huge part of why i do it is because i love sharing what um what i've learned over the years and help and and helping people um achieve what their 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 goals are and and it's just it's an awesome feeling being able to help people along in that path um, and help people achieve what they're, what they're shooting for and what they're trying to understand and what they're trying to be able to do. Um, it's just a great feeling. Melody, anything you'd like to add? I'm grateful to be up here. How about you, Michael? Yeah, I think everybody should come and, uh, and, and try skiing in the Palmer snowfields. I mean, it's, it's an amazing it's, a, it's an amazing day to be out there, ski for a little bit in the morning, uh, work on your skiing, and then uh, and then be able to come down, get off the off the snow, and, and be in shorts and flip flops, and go for a bike ride or for a, for a walk or a, a nine holes of golf. But I think uh, I think everybody that listens to this should uh, should come and to, to Palmer Snowfields and Mount Hood, and and especially uh, you know do it with Dave Lyons because he runs a great cramp, and uh, it's it's a blast, and it's you're going to make good friends here. Uh, that's the beauty of our community within ski teaching is, is no, no matter what we can make friends and, and you get a chance to do some other things like, uh, like go for bike rides or go for hikes or, or, uh, or go swimming in a, in a lake. I mean, most of the time, it, all of that stuff is all frozen in the wintertime, but to be able to do it here in, in Mount Hood and do it with, uh, with Dave Lyons 
is uh, Dave Lyon is, is a blast, and everybody should try it. Dave, Melody, Michael, thank you so much for taking the time with the chat with us. I know you're very busy, and uh, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, um, George. Bye-bye. From the PSI ASI Mobile Studios up in Oregon, I'm George Thomas for First Chair.